Greetings in the name of Christ. Welcome to another segment of the Hope to Hope podcast. This podcast exists to share Christ, his truth, and his saving love for his people. To this end, we exist to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And we continue with Colossians chapter 2, verse 18 to verse 15. I would love to share so much of what we, we see here, but because of time, I will not be able to go into the depths of the teachings that are contained in this section. But then after this one, I'm going to go into verse 16 to where how far I will go with the preparation. But I just want to wrap up where I left things off the last time. But let us read the entire section again. Colossians chapter 2 verse 8 to verse 15. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of this world, rather than according to Christ. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete, and he is the head over all rule and authority. And in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the waking of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your transgressions and uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having cancelled the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. The predators in Colossae offered new freedoms, saying that these will give you the deeper intimacy with God that was mixed with Hebrew religion, Judaism, and Eastern mysticism and Greek philosophy, uh, which just really deceived people. But Paul is saying, do not drink what they are offering. Root yourself back to Jesus. There are two elements that Paul describes as being the aspects of their teaching. First, we see uh, that it is filled with human tradition, there in verse 8. These are principles handed down probably from one generation to the other. The argument is that they, they, that they used was, this is what people of old held on to. And so if, the, if it is ancient, it must be true. So hold to it now. And this is something important for us uh, as, as Christians. It is true that you will find in the revelation of the Bible, the Bible and the teachings, you will find things that are ancient and we have to hold on to those things. In Christian theology, they are ancient things and we have to hold on to those things. And they have meaning and they are true. But they only have to be true for us to hold on to. It is not merely because they are old that we have to hold on, on to them. By talking about how false teachers come to take people captive through human tradition, Paul is emphasizing the origin of the teaching. The most important aspect of any idea or of any teaching 
is its origin? We ask the question, does it come from man or does it come from God? The Bible is the only record we have of the thoughts of God, even though it is written by human beings, because human beings were inspired by God. They were moved along and they wrote inspired teachings. There is no other record which can say these are the thoughts of God. No person, no book today can claim to be from God and of God. Only the Bible can lay hold to that claim. Everything we have of the thoughts of God is written in the Bible. And I urge you to always check against everything that you hear against scripture. Be very weary even of your own thoughts until you know where your thoughts come from. Do not even trust your own teaching or your own ideas until you know their origin. My teachings too. You have to test my teachings to see whether the things I say are really so. Uh, do not believe a teacher because he simply says to you that what they teach you makes sense or even if it makes sense, even if it relates to your life, even if it is true of how you are feeling or even if what they predict comes to pass or what they prophesy comes to pass, do not believe it merely because of the truth in it. It has to be from God in order for it to be inspired. This does not mean that there aren't any good things about, apart from the Bible or in the world. God has given a common grace to human beings, so there's common good in all of us. So surely there are good things that we learn that are not in the Bible, and we take those things and we apply them in our lives. But how we use those things that we learn that are not in the Bible has to be guided by biblical principles. For example, the Bible will not tell you to how to you how to invest your money and where to invest your money but you will be guided by biblical principles how to go about using your money and investing your money and where you invest your money you will avoid things like exploiting people for example if you were to decide to study a career god is not going to tell you which school to go to but if you're going to study a career that is going to cost you to do things that are contrary to the word of god then the Bible is going to tell you, do not go into that career. God is not going to tell you directly which job to take or which place to live. But if you're going to move to a place where there isn't a healthy Bible-believing church, then wisdom will dictate to you that probably you should not go there. And you will have the counsel of your pastor and other believers to, to guide you. So the Bible is true in the things that it teaches explicitly, and in the things that it teaches implicitly. And those things that it teaches implicitly are things that are mostly commonly held by even people who are not Christians. But as evangelical believers who believe in the Bible, we should not trust anything, even if it's persuasive in its logic, in its reasoning, and if, even if the story is compelling. As, as, as Christians, we, we are very much tempted to give in to human tradition and, and to give it too much weight. Uh, it is good to have traditions because they help connect us to the past and there's nothing wrong with traditions in and of themselves. Just as long as we never put them close in weight and in authority to the word of God. It's important for us as Christians to always ask ourselves, how does this line up with the Bible? Do not do things because... Um, over the last 
500 years, they have always been done this way. Therefore, they must be right. No, openly challenge everything at every turn. The second element of the false teachings here that the Paul calls out is the basic principles of this world. This may be a reference to principles of this world um, out, outside that have uh, been accepted as true. Every Everybody else puts this as being true and it is general revelation so we have to take it as truth if this is correct then our correct translation of the verse then the idea that is presented here is this if a non-believer and a believer accept the same view in regards to the person of God the problems in our lives the nature and the problem of sin the nature of right and wrong if you you accept those things the same way an unbeliever does, then as a Christian, you have to ask yourself, where did this view come from? Is your view shaped by God or shaped by your culture and your non-believing friends? There are some principles in this world that we hold to as authoritative and true and unquestionable when we should not be holding them as true and authoritative and unquestionable, especially views that are political, social, economical, those three we usually do not question very much. And it is no surprise, it is not, not a surprise at all that social, political, economic views that we hold mostly as Christians are held even by unbelievers who are vile, sinners, who even hate God. But when it comes to those three areas, we tend to agree with them. Everything must be measured by the truth of the word of God. Paul talks about the, the basic principles of this world. He's referring to the elementary spirits. Because you see in Colossae, there was a strong view within the whole region there that the stars and the planets had much to do with the occurrences and, and things of, of this everyday world. And this is another angle that Paul is, is addressing Things like horoscope that we still have today. People saying that, you know, you may be 32 years old, but you're not really 32 years old and there is a mystery behind your age and let me read your palms and all these things. These things are not new. Those things are always there. You see them today. You see fortune telling today. You see people who are able to interpret dreams today. Those things were there. And they were taking people captive like horoscopes. And Paul is saying, do not let anyone take you captive. The false teachers are pushing you towards these things, calling them the elementary principles. You have God's will in the Bible. So everything you need to know about God's will and God's truth and God's plan for your life is written in the Bible. As I said, it might not be God saying, go stay there, go buy this house there, go study there, go work there. But principles will guide you as to whether you're making wise, right decisions considering everything else that the Bible says about things in your life, then you have to look at those together to, to make a decision. And this is something that you have to invest in as a Christian, biblical decision-making, because we, we always want things written there in black and white, but we have to apply principles that are there in the Bible. And so Paul is telling us that all the truth that is found here is found in Jesus. He says in verse 9, 
all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form in Jesus Christ. And this leads us to, to the freedom we have for to have fellowship with God and with Christ. Paul is, is, is very important here. There is no connection to deity, to God himself, the creator of the universe, outside of Jesus Christ himself. He is the fullness of God. When you found Jesus, you found God. When you found Jesus, you found the whole truth that you need to find in this world. Paul recognizes that we can uh, be held bondage to people who want to, to, um, to, to say to us that when we have Jesus, we don't have everything. And then they would want us to, to still seek more things and desire to have more things. And no, we, when we have God, when we have the Lord Jesus Christ, it is good to, to then pursue work energetically, careers, and, and focus on, on, on sharpening your skills that you have. But you have to understand that your fullness and the freedom that you have is not found in how successful you will be in life. Your full satisfaction of your soul will not found, be found in those things. It is found in Jesus. For in Jesus Christ we come to know God, and in Christ is eternal life. That is why he is praying to God in John chapter 17 verse 3. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And I urge you then to, if you have the Lord Jesus Christ, if he has set you free, stand firm then. Do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1.